Welcome to Legal Nurse Podcast, where you will get tips to expand your legal nurse consulting skills. Every week, you'll hear from experts from within and outside of legal nurse consulting. They will share their knowledge to help you grow. Your show is moderated by Pat Iyer, a legal nurse consultant with 30 years experience. So join our community, sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Here's Pat. Welcome to Legal Nurse Podcast. I have the privilege of bringing to you Tiffany Kellogg, who I've had the pleasure of getting to know by being part of a mentorship to teach people more about producing effective videos. And Tiffany is a high energy, upbeat person who always contributes something to our sessions. She's the author of a book called Four and a Half Networking Mistakes, Maximizing Your Networking Efforts to Avoid Common Mistakes. And she's also written Knock the Socks Off Your Audience, Delivering Presentations with Power and Passion to Audiences Large and Small. And Socks to Success. I think you're hearing a theme here. She's <laughs> very yeah. fond of socks. Socks <laughs> to Success, Be Memorable, Branding to Generate More Referrals. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Thank you so very much for having me today. One of the questions that I get a lot from legal nurse consultants is, how do I get more clients? How can I be more visible? How can I get more work? This is probably the most frequently asked question when people come to me as an LNC business coach. <laughs> we'll redo that. <laughs> the joys of editing. One of the most frequently asked questions that I get from legal nurse consultants is how do I get more clients? How can I be more visible? How can I get more work? Let's talk about why referrals as one of the answers to that question is such a popular choice. So as we look at it, there's only really four ways that we can grow our business. You've got cold calling, which not many people like to do. You've got PR, public relations, social media, which takes a little bit of work. You've got advertising, which takes a little or a lot of bit of money. And so it leaves the, the favorite of the four, which is referrals. And often when I talk to entrepreneurs, they share that they like referrals because they're, they come to them versus I have to go find them and they're easier to close. And so those are common answers that I, I get. So I think there's a little bit more to it than even that. What we find is referred clients will actually stay with you four times longer. So if you think about, okay, I'm working with this attorney to you know, help with these cases, the referred attorneys stay with you four times. They use you four times longer than if they just found you online or through, you know, let me even go old school to Google or the yellow pages back in the day. Also, what we find is referred clients will actually spend more money with us each year. And the kicker to it all, so all that came before is brilliant and amazing. The kicker to it all, I find, is that referred clients are actually two and a half times more likely to refer you. 
So it's kind of this exponential snowball that's happening. So in addition to easier to close, they give you more money, they stay with you longer, they are more likely to refer you. And I think there's a huge amount of value in that. I had no idea of those statistics. <laughs> that's phenomenal. I yeah. do know that when I was working in my business full-time as a legal nurse consultant, that there was a core of attorneys who would give me recommendations, unsolicited recommendations. I wasn't going to them and asking them for them, but they continually mm. brought new clients into my business. They were the what I was calling, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine in a different context who had bought every book <laughs> that this author had written and had a chance to meet him last weekend in Salt Lake City. And oh. she bought her big backpack of books and asked if she waited till the end, would he be willing to sign her books, every one of his 34 books? Oh, my God. And he said, of course. And I said, you know what you are is the super fan for this mm -hmm. author. Because she then was telling people about his book. She told me his name so that I could tell, I could read his books. The referral sources are the super fans. Like I love it. it is for this author. Definitely. And the thing is, we do this naturally in some aspects of our life. If there's an author or a movie or a book or a TV series that we love, if there is a restaurant that we've eaten at that's just delicious, we have a tendency to talk about it more. And I think sometimes we have to just remember what goes on in real life also applies to what we do in our business as an LNC. And that, yes, it's about creating that energy and that excitement. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a, a strategy for how to work into a conversation, what we do for a living so that we can prompt the person we are speaking to in perhaps a subtle or not so subtle way. <laughs> I'd like to get some business, some additional business. How do you phrase that? So I have a technique that we call horn tooting, toot your own horn, that I find is a really amazing way to let others know what's going on in your world. Now, this can certainly be people that are in the kind of business world in your realm, the attorneys in that as an LNC. This could also be people that you're, you know, in contact with outside of the business scope because you never know who they know. An attorney friend of mine, he is very active in his HOA. He is on a crew, K-R-E-W-E. -E. We have parades here in Tampa. It's Gasparillo. Um, and so we, we do that. He also coaches his kids soccer teams. And so he's out there as an attorney doing all these things. You wouldn't necessarily know by looking at him. It's not like he's showing up. He doesn't wear a suit and tie most days anyway. And so you never know who people know or what people do that you may know casually. So this horn tooting thing. And here's the thing. You don't even have to bring it up. Others are going to ask you to horn toot. I mean, they're not going to say horn toot, please. They're going to say, how are you doing? And what they're doing by saying, how are you doing? Is they're giving you an opportunity to share something that's going well in your world. Now, very important to horn tooting that changes it from not bragging to just sharing is going to be the length. So I find that when you're horn tooting, you want to share something that's going well in your world in a sentence or so. Used to Twitter was 144 characters, which is a sentence, sentence and a half. And I say, 
Twitter length is what you're looking for. You want it to be short and sweet. If it takes you a paragraph or a page to share what's going in your world, then it turns into bragging and people don't, they don't care. And so be careful. I know, you know, you have to watch out for HIPAA and, you know, attorney client privilege and all of that. However, you can begin to share. Hey, I'm super excited about this just happened. I was just hired for X, Y, Z. And so you can share some specifics within the context of what you're allowed to share in a sentence form. Now, I think of corn tooting kind of like fishing. I'm throwing the line out there. There's some bait on there. Some people are going to hear your horn toot and then move on to the next part of the conversation. Others are going to hear and say, wait, what? Tell me more about that. Hmm? And some will bite and they're like, oh, wait, you you work with these kind of people? You work on these kind of cases? Oh, I happen to know. <laughs> and you're like, good. That's why I shared. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the thing. When it comes to horn tooting, we do this naturally in real life sometimes. How's it going? Oh, I'm super excited. I adopted puppies on Independence Day this year. So half of my my time, I just want to tell you about how cute my puppies are. And oh, Guinness finally learned how to roll over. Harper now knows how to dance. And so we're sharing this stuff just, you know, off the cuff. When it comes to your business horn toots, it gives you the opportunity to share about the business aspect of it. And even if you don't want to talk about the cases that you're working on, it could be something as simple as, oh, I'm excited. I just met with a PI attorney that I think we're going to be able to help each other grow our businesses. And what you're sharing in that little snippet is you like to meet with PI attorney, personal injuries attorneys. And so you could even talk about your referral sources, those people that could be passing you more referrals as a way to teach us a little bit about what you do and who is a good connection for you. You know, that's an excellent point, Tiffany. And it brings me back to when I did a lot of exhibiting at conventions, attorney conferences. Mm. And somebody I knew well would come up and say, so Pat, so what's new? And that would have been a perfect opportunity for horn tooting. <laughs> and I can remember one time looking at the attorney as I was replying, I was getting his facial expressions and I said, oh, there's nothing new. And his whole face fell. And I realized later he didn't know where to go with that because he was <laughs> counting on me telling him something that could then continue the conversation. Mm. I was looking for referrals, but it was just a natural flow. And I dropped the ball. Mm. And after watching him, I thought, I need to come up with a better answer than that. <laughs> that <didn't, laughs> And maybe it's in the morning when you're brushing your teeth, you think about who am I going to see? What should my horn toot be today? I know at Toastmasters, they talk about always being prepared to give a speech, call it your hip pocket speech. And that way you're always ready. So maybe you have your hip pocket horn toot, something that you use mm -hmm. frequently. And it's not that it has to be something brand new. It's not that it has to be something that is happening today. Uh, I know writing is something that you're passionate about. Man, if you're writing a book, or you're writing an article, you can get a lot out of it because it takes you months to work on this and that. It could do this, you could do that. And so there's lots of different opportunities to, to share. I know I often will, will be like, oh, I'm working on my next book. And then, oh, my next book is in editing. Oh, I'm looking for proofreaders. I just got two more in case somebody wants to proofread. And so you can begin to use that. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got something big that you're working on, 
or a referral source that you're working with or a case that you're allowed to share some things. I know you got to watch that. Then you could use that for a longer term, not just once. When I talk with legal nurse consultants about this topic, we focus on something you said earlier. You never know who knows an attorney. Mm -hmm. And unless you tell people you're a legal nurse consultant and what that occupation involves, they don't have any idea that you're interested in connecting with attorneys. Right. And they, if they don't know, they can't refer. What about horn tooting in the context of social media? Is that effective? So I love, love, love horn tooting in social media because it's a way for you to share what's going on in your world without selling to people. And so even if you're just like, oh, I'm getting dressed up and ready for this Zoom interview, you don't have to give us the details. I'm ready to, to help out. Or if you're actually going into somewhere, whether it's a mediation or into court, you can take a picture of yourself and say, I'm super excited to be here today. And just talk a little bit about what you're allowed to share and give people a snippet into your life without saying, hey, hire me, get me, get me. You know, it makes it a much softer part of a conversation. And usually it'll get more out of something. Here's what's going well in my world. Versus, oh, come use me. That makes me think about a book that we released um, four days ago called oh. Medical Record Analysis, a Guide for Attorneys, written by expert LNCs. And it hit number one in Amazon in four categories on Friday. Congratulations. So I'm awesome. thinking, Tiffany, when we get off, I'm going to post on LinkedIn and tell people about the success of this book. Oh, love it. Love it. Love it. Let's go into some suggestions for getting more referrals from sources. Is it, should we be spreading our net as far <laughs> as possible or should we be concentrating our net into specific areas? I often work with entrepreneurs that are, let me go join this group and that group and meet hundreds and thousands of people. And that just sounds like a ton of work to me. When I think about growing my business, instead of thinking about the, the quantity of people out there, it is really about the quality. And what I find is most successful entrepreneurs, especially solopreneurs, so if it's just you or you and an assistant, now it's a different conversation if there's 50 of you with the employee in the company, but if it's just, you know, a, a small group or you, then really four, six or eight referral sources may be all you need. And the intention is finding the right referral sources because they're not all created equally. Ideally, you want to find referral sources that can refer you all day, every day. They have the same clientele as you. They are able to be in front of your people all the time. And so we want to focus on the right people to pass us those referrals. In the legal nurse consulting world, we get to know vendors at mm. conferences and they're all focused on the same group of people, the engineers who do accident reconstructions, the people who create demonstrative evidence, the people who loan money to plaintiffs prior to their case being settled. Uh, the life care planners who are working with attorneys, although they are also legal nurse consultants, I'm thinking about 
as I'm sort of doing a mental walk around a conference room, thinking about the people who are also marketing to attorneys. I just did a case with one of my clients with a, a super demonstrative evidence firm and the son, um, the, the husband in this group is the son of a very prominent medical malpractice attorney. Mm. And he said, Pat, whenever you want to get introduced to my dad, just let me know because he's always looking for good people. Before we continue with the show, I'd like to share this special announcement with you. Hey, I'm Pat Iyer. I'm a legal nurse consultant. Barbara Levin is with me, also a legal nurse consultant. You turn in a report as a legal nurse consultant, and then the attorney calls you and says, did you proofread this before you sent it to me? And you think, oh my goodness, what did I get wrong? Barbara, why is this such a critical question? It is so important that when you turn in your work product to your client that is accurate, that you have reviewed this multiple times, that you have the date and the times are accurate, that the names are consistent throughout instead of having John Burns, Jake Burns, Mr. John, Mr. Jake, you need to be consistent throughout and not having random names in there that the person's name is John Burns. He doesn't go by Jake. He doesn't have these other names making sure that you have the right individual's names is key. Spelling, so important. Uh, is it the affect or the effect of what's going on with a diagnosis? Making sure that you have the years are correct and the diagnosis that you haven't pulled in or assumed a diagnosis on a patient or a, the medical records that is not listed within the medical records. It's so important to be accurate because you may be the expert on the case, whether you're the behind the scenes consulting um, legal nurse or the expert, this report will be held before you to explain your opinions. And it is incredibly embarrassing to get a question like that. You have shaken the trust in your capability that the attorney previously held, you know that expression that you never get a second chance to make a first impression. Your work product is your first impression. You can say on your website as an LNC, I guarantee my work product. And if there is a concern about my quality of my work, I'm happy to redo this at no additional expense or words to that effect. I'm paraphrasing, perhaps badly. That's all fine and good. But if the attorney doesn't respect your capabilities because you've got inaccuracies in your report, it doesn't matter what kind of guarantee you give. The attorney's going to say, next or worse, refund my money. I'm not happy with the quality. That's why we're stressing accuracy and doing it right the first time. If you submit an inaccurate report, it can make all the difference to your client if you've left out important information or if you've embellished on information that should not be there. So that could determine and change the outcome 
of a case. And that's a great point, Barbara. There's so much money and time and effort invested in cases. You don't be you don't want to be the factor that results in the attorney losing the case because you overlooked or omitted something that should have been in your report. We would love to invite you to our seventh virtual Legal Nurse Success Conference. This will be held March 23, 24, 25, 2023. You will hear so much more about this topic and many other topics. And Pat is going to share with you one of our keynote topics for the conference. One of the people who has created a lots of work and effort and energy is Charles Cullen, a registered nurse who worked in New Jersey and in Pennsylvania and was the subject of the book, The Good Nurse, also the film by the same name. Charles killed patients for 17 years I know this personally because I was one of the legal nurse consultants who was involved with helping the prosecutors identify patients that Charles killed in one specific hospital. Also in the session that we do at the conference, Dr. Kathleen Ashton will share her perspective of being the legal nurse consultant expert witness hired by plaintiff attorneys representing some of the families of the patients that Charles killed. We'll highlight Charles' story, and you'll also get a sense of why he was able to get away with what he did for so many years. We'll also present some topics. Barbara will co-present with an attorney who is also a nurse on the board of nursing issues that can arise and how legal nurse consultants can be involved in the board of nursing structure. You'll get an understanding of how an expert fact witness, Nancy Stuck, took thousands of pages of medical records and prepared a summary of the care that a man received after he accidentally electrocuted himself and he survived, but with life altering bruises, scars, um, just there's not enough surgeries that can restore the way that he looked. You'll meet Sam Davis, the attorney who successfully settled that case last year, and a variety of business presenters, as well as legal nurse consultant panel presenters and session presenters that will broaden your knowledge, motivate you, inspire you, and give you opportunities to network with your colleagues. We would love to see you there at those live sessions. They are online, no hotel, no car, no food, no parking expenses, no airfare, just you in your seat at your desk, interacting and getting all the benefits of education without having to leave your home. We invite you to attend with us March 23. 24, 25, 2023. We want you to see the link below and that's lnc.tips forward slash March 2023 virtual. We look forward to seeing you. Love to have you there. Take advantage of it. Now let's return to the show. Uh, yeah, and to me, that's perfect. 
you know, who can you find? And something as simple as going back to maybe you don't remember who was at the conferences that you've been at in the past. Most of the time you can go back to the website or go back to the book or whatever packet that you got. And there's usually sponsors information in there. And I know mm-hmm. sometimes people are like sponsors. Uh, I'm like sponsors. Like those are the ones that that I want to talk to because we kind of talk about when you're networking, you can belong to an association that's got your ideal client, or you can belong to an association that's got your ideal referral sources. So imagine, you know, find the sponsors who are those really amazing ones. And does, is there a professional association built around the, the engineers that do the reconstruction? Is there a professional like, and then you're walking into a, a room full of potential referral sources. And we like to say, if you walk into a room full of your ideal clients, that's like shooting fish in a barrel. If you walk into a room full of your ideal referral sources, it's like shooting whales in a barrel. It's like you can't miss. All of these people are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great image, Tiffany, because I think uh, some legal nurse consultants are discouraged because they see an empty fish tank. They don't see the mm. barrel. <laughs> right. Right. And so I think it makes a difference of where we're at. So it's finding the right places with the right people. Can we talk about some of those sources? Um, How do you find the best referral sources? So I think it really depends on who is your ideal client and really taking a look at, okay, who is the ideal client and then figuring out, okay, around them, who else is marketing to them? And I think this idea of looking at the sponsorships, looking at who else is selling to them is powerful. If you're friendly with some of your ideal clients already, you could say, what email list do you often get on? What Facebook groups are you in where people are advertising or promoting their business often? What do you actually get in the mail? And so you can really utilize what they've got to figure out what's the best. Now, I think you've already mentioned several professions for LNCs that are really amazing for them because those are the people that hire them and use them all day, every day. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's drill down a little bit. We've got the referral source. We okay. we know that this person has a likelihood of being connected to our ideal clients. How does that conversation go? How do you come out with a request without saying, "Hire me, hire me"? Can you can you tell people <laughs> about me so they'll hire me, hire me? So this is a, a bigger conversation than probably we even have time to go into today. Because how much time do do I have to answer this question? Uh, you have approximately 12 minutes left. Oh, okay. Well, that's a lot of time to answer the question then. Because I know we're going to go in depth on this conversation in um, in March, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. March so. 23, uh, March 23, 24, and 25, we're having a three-day conference, online conference. And Tiffany is going to be one of our speakers. Gosh. So I'm going to give you a, a little bit of what I'm going to be giving you on that day, but just a, a little bit, because there's a lot that goes on and isn't involved with really getting those referral sources going. And that's I like to be referred to the referral sources up front because I think it makes it an easier conversation. Because as I'm trying to find the referral sources, some people will cold call, like, let me just find them on Google or online or in the yellow pages. I know I'm dating myself. And then call, hey, do you want to be my friend? Which isn't exactly it, but it is. And so that's a ton, a ton of work. You can also find your referral sources when you're networking 
However, when you get referred to the referral source, then it makes it a lot easier because somebody is helping you along the way. They're already saying Pat's amazing because she does wonderful with, they're already kind of building up that, that know and like that you need in the know, like, and trust to get the referrals. And so as you're building these relationships, it, it's kind of a, a two-way street. Relationships have to be mutually beneficial to both parties or else they don't last. So one thing I always recommend is think about what are the benefits to using you? Not to using an LNC because we're, we're assuming that they've already decided to use an LNC, but what's the benefits to using you? Both to your clients and to your referral sources. Because if your referral sources know, hey, when when you use me, when you refer me, uh, and maybe it's the the money lenders. What's the the technical correct title for the people that help lend the money? Um, is the it money just money lenders? Sounds good to me. Okay, money lenders. There you go. I don't <laughs> want them to be like, well, that's not what you call us. Um, but if we think about the money lenders, hey, if you refer me, and I'm able to help them close the case and get more money, then you're going to get. And so you're able to kind of say, okay, I'm going to come in and help you close. Like, what do we put in front of them? What's kind of the bait of here's the benefits that I bring to you? And so I actually have two different lists. One is what's the benefits to my clients? What's the benefits to my referral sources? Because I do want them separate and I think they're they're different. And if you can share with your referral sources here what the benefits are. I also think it's important as you're developing these referral relationships that you remember it's a relationship. Somewhere along the line, people got into this. Hey, I'm here for referrals. Hi, let me shake your hand. Nice to meet you. Where are my referrals? Um, call that premature solicitation. It's too early to ask. We're not there yet. Mm -hmm. So keep in mind this idea of no like, and trust. We're not going to ask to get married on the first date. So if it's my first time meeting with you, it's my first time connecting with you. Maybe it's just we're grabbing a, a quick cup of coffee. We're popping on Zoom. We're even on the phone. We're just chatting for a few minutes. That's kind of like your first date. And we have to work in the relationship. And we have to develop those relationships in order for people to want to refer us. So it, it's kind of a two part thing. I think of it often as the two sides of the coin. And I'm going to go much more in depth in this in March. Um, on one side, we have we have to educate our referral sources. We have to teach them about us. So I already mentioned that they need to know the benefits. I also think it's important for them to know your why. What drives you? This will really set you apart because most LNCs aren't out there going with their why. They're sharing, here's what I do, how I do it. But if we can see that passion inside of you, we may never actually need you to share it beyond telling us as your client or as your referral source. It makes us want to refer you more often and more frequently. So it's a very powerful component. And I could tell you about 20 other ways that we can educate, but those are two to start with today. And then on the other side, we need to motivate our referral sources because if they're not motivated, they're not going to do anything for us. And so an easy way that I love to motivate my referral sources is making those connections, creating the introductions for them to other professions that could pass them referrals. Sometimes it's me actually passing them referrals. It could be that I want to help book them speaking engagements or get them on podcasts or doing interviews to help spread their word to the world. And so we've got to make sure we are developing the relationship 
giving it time to mature before we ask and educating them and motivating them. Now, during the event in March, we will be sharing the way to ask for referrals and never get a, a no. But that's going to take a little bit more time than the five or six minutes that we have left here today. There's so much that's simple to do to generate those referrals. I love that it doesn't have to be this 27-step process. It's five simple steps, and you can kind of pick the way they work best for you. Oh, there's so much in what you said that I would love to pull apart. And I know we we don't have time. One of the key things that I got out of this is the, the importance of building up a relationship. Because I think some sometimes as entrepreneurs, we are so eager to connect and to get business that we are prematurely, as you said, moving into a stage of asking when we haven't earned the right to ask for that yet, or haven't developed the trust in that person who might say, well, you know, Tiffany, you're asking me to refer you to attorneys. I don't even know if you're any good. I don't even know how much experience you have. I don't know if I even like you or trust you enough to do that. Because what if I refer you to an attorney and he comes back and says, why don't you give me Tiffany? You know, she did a terrible job that's a risk for the person in the referral triangle that we're discussing. Yes, it definitely is. I think one of the things that we should do is rename referral marketing. Let's get rid of it. Stop calling it referral marketing and start calling it relationship marketing Mm. because it's about the relationship first. Mm -hmm. I know that our listener has gotten a taste of your passion and your knowledge How can they find out more about you and the services that you offer? So growing up, I wasn't really sure about Tiffany, T-I-F-F-A-N-I-E, because I could never find cool little stuff with my name on it. However, as an adult, as a speaker, I am totally in love with the fact that they spelled my name a little bit differently. Because if you go to Tiffany Kellogg, K-E-L-L-O-G.com, you can find my website. If you go to Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, um. I'm I'm not cool enough for TikTok, but it's on the list of things to do. I am at Tiffany on all of those, at Tiffany Kellogg, I'm sorry, on all of those platforms as well. So you can find me at Tiffany Kellogg or TiffanyKellogg.com. And to emphasize, Tiffany's first name ends in (laughs) I-E and not in Y. Yep. (laughs) A different spelling. Of course, you probably have people who want to put an extra G on your last name. Too. Yeah, it's, it's like Tif- Tiffany. It's like, are there two Fs? Is it an I, a Y? I'm like, it's an IE. And then Kellogg, they're like, how many Ls? How many Gs? And funny that this matters none. So my husband is Robert Kellogg the fourth, and he has one G. His father is Robert Kellogg the third, and he has two Gs. No idea how that happened from father to son. But yeah, no idea. We only have one G. His dad has two. <laughs> Uh, I've never heard of that, Tiffany. I've heard of people whose names got shortened, you know, particularly the people who immigrated to the United States. Their names were often changed in the process, but then it was one name going forward. It wasn't right. variations. <laughs> no idea how it happened, but just a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I don't know if you have children, but I assume that if you do or you ever plan to, or if you ever thought about this, you would probably keep the one G instead of the two and 
make sure that that child didn't repeat the pattern of the grandparent. <laughs> yeah, no, no children for us. But yes, if uh, our dogs, we do give them last names. And so they only get one G for their last name. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany, for being part of the show, sharing your ideas. I know we've emphasized the value of referrals, that they have several aspects that make them much more appealing than the cold calling on other methods. Yeah. They give us much higher rewards in terms of income, lifetime value of the customer, of their willingness to refer to other people. Those are real positives that make getting referrals so important. And you shared with us how to handle those awkward questions like, what's going on with you? So what's new with you? How are you doing? So that you can offer your update and intrigue the person and do a little bit of education, maybe planting some seeds as to yes. why it would be important for that person you're talking to, to be able to refer business. And you've also stressed to us, it's relationship marketing. We need to have a relationship before we can expect that the person that we would like to refer us to others is going to be willing to carry that forward and actually do it for us. And you'll have more opportunity to get to know Tiffany at our March 2023 conference. The link for that program is lnc.tips forward slash March 2023 virtual. That will be below this if you're watching this video on our YouTube channel, which is YouTube at Legal Nurse Business. That's our new handle, a new easy way to get to the channel. LNC.tips forward slash March 2023 virtual is the link to the conference page. There's no spaces between March and 2023 and virtual. It's all one phrase. Look forward to seeing you at our next Legal Nurse podcast program. It'll be coming up next week, or if you're binge listening, as many of our listeners do, click on down below. Thanks so much. Hi, this is Pat Iyer, and coming up next, you'll have an opportunity to hear from an experienced Legal Nurse consultant who has rebuilt her business in several cities in the United States as a result of moving to different areas with her military husband. Pam DeGenero is a person who started as a paralegal and then went to nursing school. So she understood the legal parts of our business before she understood the nursing parts of being a legal nurse consultant. Pam, can you tell our viewer or our listener, what were some of the major topics that we talked about during your podcast? All right. Well, of course, thank you so much, Pat, for having me. Um, I'm enjoying it very much. Uh, what we talked about was uh, included uh, letting attorneys know when they don't have a good case and being able to uh, say that from a position of strength using the four elements of tort law, medical malpractice law. He also discussed how to reinvent yourself every time you get moved to a new location. Or, it, you know, because in my case, I had a, uh, an, a, an army uh, 
husband who, who moved me every three years, but how to establish yourself as a member of the business community where you live uh, so that people see you as, as a business leader, as well as a legal nurse consultant. And then we're also going to be discussing uh, MDLs, the multi-district litigation, the mass tort, what we sometimes call the, uh, the report mills, uh, why they can be a good first step for newer LNCs, but then eventually you want to take that experience that you get, stick it on your resume and move on to the good stuff. All right. Thank you, Pamela. You'll have an opportunity to find Pamela's podcast at Legal Nurse Podcast. Be sure to leave a comment or a like if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, YouTube at Legal Nurse Business. And we love to hear your feedback. Thanks so much. Thank you, Pat. Bye-bye now. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for legal nurse consultants on LegalNurseBusiness.com. Pat coaches legal nurse consultants so they make more money, get more clients, and avoid expensive mistakes. Check out her coaching program at LNCAcademy.com. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Join our community to get notified of each new episode and to receive the transcript of today's program. Complete the request form on podcast.legalnursebusiness.com. We appreciate you and your interest.